Zane Lowe, Apple Music. Hey everybody, Zane here with another podcast. Thanks for joining me on the interview series. Today is going to be less of an interview and more just a really friendly catch up with someone I've known for a long time. Back when I was living in the UK, working at the BBC, Charlie XEX was forging a path through pop music that has ultimately led her to territories uncharted by other pop stars. There's a reason why in her song Vroom Vroom, she's saying you can't catch me because no one really can. The only people who ever really make it into a room with Charlie XEX have the same unbridled, innovative and wide open attitude attitude towards creativity. Somehow she's always been able to call it pop music and stand by that. She's been pushing the boundaries for the longest time. And finally, it feels like the world has caught up with her on her latest album called Crash, start to finish stunning pop record. Everything you ever wanted in a pop album is present and accounted for on Crash. So myself and Charlie XEX got right into the conversation with that all important statement. This is the best album you've ever made. None of us could have expected where the conversation went from there. Enjoy it. Myself and Charlie XCX on the interview series. That's how we start. We, we're just doing it. I love we're it. just straight in. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. That. Well, you, you didn't waste any time with this album, did you? Oh, thanks. You really didn't, dude. Thank like, you. honestly, how long have we known each other, Charlie? Long time. Long time. Long, long time. time. And so I hear this album. And I get like, I got emotional because I was like, wow, like you did it. Like <laughs> all of this sort of like searching and restlessness and innovation and changing things and being ahead of the curve. And somehow you found yourself centered enough to make something which is like, in my opinion, the perfect Charlie XCX album. Wow. Cool. That's what I think. I want to put that on the, you know. The reviews. You're gonna put that. You're gonna put <laughs> a sticker on your imaginary physical album. Yeah, exactly. Are you doing vinyl? I am. Yeah, good. Yeah. Good luck getting that in the next twelve months. I know, right? <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, thanks. That's cool. I I do think it's quite a good balance of everything. <sighs> Charlie, it's um, it's I don't hear a note or a or a or a lyric that doesn't um have a perfect relationship with one another and I and I and the music is so beautifully constructed around these ideas and mm-hmm. it's just a perfect pop record. Thank you. Ah, that's so cool. <laughs> no, I, I really think that and the reason why I wanted to play constant repeat is because um I don't know. That's one just really jumped out at me when I heard the album for the first time. Yeah, I think it's my favorite. Um really? Yeah. Good. It is. I think so. It's I think this was the last song that we wrote wow. for the record. It was it was one of those where the album was done. Yeah. I was sort of done with doing sessions. I was feeling quite like creatively spent. Yep. And then there was like the flare of emotion that, where I was like, oh, I have to write this. I have to write this song. Yeah. And it kind of came out and just felt like something that had been missing from the album. Um, and it felt really important for this song to go on the album. It's awesome. And it, it sits perfectly and it comes in and it, it, it sprinkles a whole other level of production and a whole other sort of element yeah. to the record. But it also um, continues to sort of walk this line that the record has, which is to me, if there was a theme, it feels like a sense of sort of self-confidence and a sense of self-assuredness mm-hmm. um, that permeates through the music. Thank you. You know, the idea of like, all right, like I know, I know what I bring. Yeah, that song really does give that. And I think it's interesting what you're saying about like perfect pop record, which 
is an amazing statement. Thank you. Um, it's like, I feel like f- with all my albums, the like, well, five albums and t- well, four albums prior and two mixtapes that I've done, those six bodies of work encapsulate all the different things that I think pop music could be, you know, from things like boom clap and like big, very classic shouty pop songs to, you know, the kind of more like avant-garde world of pop two or, you know, rave tracks like Visions, like all of those things feel like the little puzzle pieces that make up what I want pop music to be. And on this final album, I feel like I've used all of the different puzzle pieces to make Mm -hmm. the album. You know, it fits together. And I think that's something that I've, a dichotomy that I've really struggled with throughout my career. It's, I've always been in the throes of, am I a pop girl? Am I weird? Am I pushing this forward or am I trying to find my seat at the table? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think with this album, I've settled into this zone where I understand that I can do all of it and it can all make sense. But it's also really interesting. Okay. I I don't want to say this with, with and sound arrogant, but like, I feel like there has been this narrative around me of like, you know, progressive, like future of pop. I've also like used that. But it also is really interesting that, you know, I'm on my fifth album in my five album deal. I've like arrived at this place where I'm incorporating like all of the different things that I've done in the past into like one body of work. And I also feel like, um, and this might sound like a negative, but I actually think it's a positive. I also feel like we're at a time in the music industry where like, the music industry has like is like beginning to catch up with me a little bit and like we're at this time now where being an artist like me is actually quite common and the norm and you know with things like hyperpop yep existing yep it's like okay like that is now like a tangible genre that not only like weird kids who have great taste can understand but like playlisters can understand or whatever you know so it kind of feels very like this album feels very cyclical in like many ways for me in terms of like final deal okay like people understand people can understand like who I am now (laughs) they can be like oh Charlie XCX hyper pop which I don't necessarily agree with that box but like it's easy for people to like that's the way they they can say it now so it's interesting because now I'm like okay so now I have to like and it's interesting my my reaction isn't like great it's like oh I need to like reject all of it you know I need to (laughs) now I need to like figure out how to like alienate myself again which is quite interesting that that's my reaction rather than great you know what's cool (laughs) about that though I mean everything that that was a beautiful summary, oh, I thanks. think. No, it really was. And it's for the first time I feel that you and I have been able to sit opposite each other and just have that conversation. Mm. Because sometimes I would feel, as a cheerleader, as a fan of yours, as you know, that I would say these things to you. Like, man, everyone's so behind. Like, like you're all in your rearview mirror, Charlie, you know. Right. And, and you, I would see you sort of struggle to figure out how that made you feel because at the same time you're like, yeah, but I want people to like, 
like me now, not in five years time. Yeah. And so for you to kind of be able to put it in the context of that gives all fans listening and watching this great joy because Mm -hmm. it's like, wow, what a beautiful era. Yeah. Right? Right, Like if you look at it five albums, X amount of time, all of the ground you've covered, all of the cages you've rattled, whether you meant to or not, Mm. the relationships you've formed that have given birth to new sounds shifted things a few degrees off the axis. Mm -hmm. For you to come to a place where you are content with that five album journey. Yeah. It's fucking perfect. I know. Because imagine if you'd come to the end of this and we're all still singing your praises and you're like, I don't know really where I landed at the end of all this. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, I do and I don't, I will say. It's like, I do now in this moment um, and I feel really good about it. I'm so proud of this album and I'm proud of the journey that I've been on to get to this album because I think I do think it's a very unique journey. I was just talking about this in the car on the way over here with my managers. It's just like, it's very like, whoa, what's next? You know? Yeah. On, on such a massive, in such a massive way for me right now. And I, I'm sure, you know, all artists go through these phases in their life where it's like a lot of things things are like coming to an end at the same time. So why is that? Why do, why do you think artists and in particular a certain type of artist who has a very restless creative spirit, which I think you do, which is a great mm. thing because it gives birth to great art and great moments. But why is it that you get to the point where you you make this album, you play SNL, it's all <laughs> there and you're immediately like, I don't like it. Well, no, I mean, it's not that I don't like it. It's more just like, I think... I I love it. Like not to quote myself, but I do. Yeah. Like I I'm I'm really enjoying where I'm at, and I really deserve the things that I'm getting. But I suppose it's like coupled with a, a point in time mm. where I'm about to make many business decisions that will possibly go on to affect like the next era. The next era not just of music but of my life you know yeah that is at play at the same time and i'm in a place where i'm like am i going to sign a major label deal yeah or am i going to go independent yeah and what are the consequences it's of that it's hugely interesting and i'll tell you why number one <laughs> because we only know you as a creative yeah no one really talks about this and I don't know if I'm allowed. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed. You know, actually, yeah, of course you are. But by the way, kids do now. They because, do, which is because because they have independent distribution at their fingertips. Yeah, they have independent marketing at their fingertips, and slowly but surely, the psychology of needing somebody to put a blanket around you and bring you in when it's cold outside and tell you what's all going to be great and give you a cup of cocoa, metaphorically speaking, Mm. is maybe not the best angle. And we're seeing more and more independent lanes develop. And trust me, one conversation, one post at a time, kids are starting to ask that question. It's really interesting. It is really interesting. And it's also like, so it affects, it shouldn't affect creative output, but it does. You said something before, which I thought was really interesting, and I want to touch touch on it, which mm. was you're on the verge of making some really significant decisions that will affect your creativity, but also affect your life. Mm. Now, I don't I don't know how much you have I you and I have ever really talked about the life part of it. Yeah. Because I've always been so obsessed with the creative part of it. Right. How hard is it to 
build a life when you've been so focused on being Charlie XCX? (laughs) It's hard. And I'm, for the first time, again, very cyclical, like, you know, obviously age is just a number, but I'm going to be 30 in August and that does feel like this sort of societal age of like, no, you're an adult. Yeah. Do adult things. Stop playing. Yeah. 20s are over. Like, yeah. what's happening with your life? Like, yeah. and that's about to happen for me as well. And I am actually, for the first time in my life, thinking about things outside of music. Like, you know, if music was stripped away from me, what would make me happy? My relationship, my friends, my free time. But do I have like hobbies? No. See, that's... A, <laughs> like, I don't. See, I like partying related to music. <laughs> see, you had me in the first few because relationships, friendships, family, mm-hmm. your own time, space. Yeah, which I haven't really had a lot Yeah, I haven't had a lot of space, right? <laughs> right and right. you need in order to make yeah. really smart decisions yeah. and all those other things. Those are super, super important. I never really put much... <laughs> Stock and other hobbies. Music is it. I guess I'm focused yeah. on that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't really know. I mean, do you have other hobbies? Did you develop it in the last couple of years? No, I mean, I don't because everything is so music adjacent. I see you as a creative individual. I don't yeah. know, selfish of me as a fan to say that. No, I mean, same. But yeah, I guess I think the beginning of this year, I, I was having a really tough time with my mental health. I was, I was just feeling very under pressure from multiple different of 22 or 21 22 wow recent yeah 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 um i was feeling very under pressure from work from from literally everything i was it was really really heavy and i was really struggling and it kind of began because at that point in time i felt you know the album had was done the album's done yeah it's going to come out, the photo shoots, the video, it's all done. And I'm like, okay, so like, what, what am I inspired by right now? Hmm. I felt very uninspired by music and really struggle, was struggling with that because generally like at the point where I've made an album and it's going to come out in like four months time, I'm already on to the next one. I'm like, I can't wait to write it. I know what it looks like. I know this. This is who I'm working with. I'm I'm there. I'm like way like wheeling ahead to the point where like my team are always like, yeah, but like you need to like focus on the current album. Like you need to do it justice. And for the first time, I didn't have that feeling. And that really freaked me out. Yeah, because you left with with yourself. Yeah, (laughs) totally. And normally I'm like, if I ever get that kind of like, feel like creatively stifled or, or blocked, I know it will come back in a couple of months after I like take some time out. But this time I really had this feeling of like, I don't know if this is going to come back. Like I feel very flat right now. And I think it's because, you know, I've done this professionally since I was 16 years old. And in that time, yeah, I've like taken a break here and there whilst working, but I've never actually like stopped and like absorbed life 
man, I'm a runner too. We're all running. Everybody's yeah. running into something. And, yeah. the, and really what you don't ask yourself is what are you kind of running from? And that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. At some point, you've got to kind of take stock yeah. and figure out what your internal voice is really trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. Because, and I've had this conversation in a roundabout way without even realizing it the whole time. Yeah. Yes. But this has been a thread in every conversation I've had. Yeah. You know, I, I easily over the 10,000 hour barrier now in terms of how long I've been trying to better understand and create a conduit for fans and artists. I love it, to quote you. But <laughs> it's a thread, Charlie. It's yeah. like a you run into something and we get the benefit of it, but ultimately you're still denying <clears throat> yourself some kind of internal yeah. space and yeah. truth. Yeah, and I think that's what I realized at the beginning of this year. I was like, I need like space to feel creative again and maybe I need back to the hobbies thing like maybe I need to do some other things to get myself back yeah to music and like not just for a week for like months yeah but no it feels it feels really good to be doing this album now I don't think I could have made this album at any other point in time because I think I needed all of the running numbing like experiencing the different sides of the music that I can create and the industry to arrive at this album. I don't think I could have made it if I'd been like completely like looking after myself all the time. Because <laughs> it's a very destructive album. Like it is. Like, it is, it is. But, but it's also, it, and this is what I meant before, it's a, it's an acutely self-aware record. Yeah. I feel in the past you've been destructive and just kind of just immersed yourself in that experience. Yes. And just been like, let me document this as clearly as I can. <laughs> yeah. Right? Whereas this album is like, I'm aware of all of that. And when you think back on it, right, the tapestry of this whole experience, it's not just albums and tours and lights and cameras and mm. conversations. It's like real life stuff. Like... Mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been in relationships and then fallen out of them. Mm. You've had friends. You've lost friends. Mm. You've been through real life stuff and music has been the thread that's kept you going in this direction. But it's not like life was on pause while you were being an artist. No. Yeah. And I think you can hear that in this. Like, I think this album was created. It's it's actually really weird that you just said what you said because I was like, oh my God, he knows. Like that was some Nardwar vibes right there. I was like, oh my God, you know about my life, like really internally. Ah! But I suppose that just happens. Like people do fall out of relationships. People do lose friends, etc. Um, And I've, that's really happened on like many levels for me doing this album. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy because I think, as you say, like, whilst you make music, you're kind of just making it and life is happening parallel. And sometimes you're not aware yeah, because it's just happening. But like when I now listen back to this album, I'm like, oh, my God, like all of this stuff happened. Yeah, Like I don't like to write like very specific songs about you know, specific like things that are clearly things that are only happening in my life. I like that with pop music and the listener can apply the meaning to their own life and experience, yeah. you know, grief or 
a breakup or love in their own, own way and apply it to their personal situation. When I listen to this album back, I'm like, oh my God, this is so, this is so specific to me. Like this is about, you know, the song is about the time that I met the partner that I was with for seven years, like detailed, like very, 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 very specifically. And then this song is about falling in love with somebody else, yeah. you know? And like, it's so, re- I mean, this is like not groundbreaking. It, like, it's so real. Like I no, think every it artist is. is like, it's so real. But that's what makes it groundbreaking, <laughs> Charlie, is that it, it is that. It's 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 groundbreaking for you. You break ground every day. You get up in the morning and go right. and live your life. Yeah. Everybody does, and we don't acknowledge it enough. And music is the only thing that comes along and reminds us mm. in a very incremental way, with one snapshot at a time. Yeah. This is real. Yeah. It's real to you. Now it's real to me. Yeah. What I take from Twice is different to what you take from it when you made it. But man, do I take something from yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. It may even come up, come up in my next therapy session because <laughs> it's like you captured that moment of like, we overthink things to a degree. Yeah. That we tackle ourselves. Like we just get in our own way mm-hmm. and what the thing about that song that blows my mind is it's actually to me and I'm so sorry I have to say this it's kind of a sad song oh no no that song is about the end of the world and killing yourself yeah. essentially yeah um and that song it's yeah it's interesting because it does have like a melancholic feel to it but it is also very like sassy and happy but but that song is about yeah the the end of life I remember when I, I was I was writing that song, I was thinking a lot about the um, Lars von Trier movie, Melancholia, um, where the world ends. And I think at the end, Kirsten Dunst is sat on like a hill with her child and gets engulfed by the sun, mm-hmm. which is moving towards the earth. And I was thinking about that. Yeah, like you know, when the world ends, when I die, will I be happy with how I have lived? Or will I will I have regrets? And obviously I know that's quite a simple, you know, very like Insta-friendly concept of like hashtag, like YOLO, like blah, blah, blah. But like, I sometimes feel like I haven't done that. I haven't like lived in the moment because I'm so like, what's happening next? I'm like running. And that's what hashtag YOLO is, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, there yeah. to compartmentalize yeah. that emotion to something we can actually absorb and tr- and and, di- and actually digest. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, I get it. And that idea of sort of, you know, mortality. And, and by the way, you have a much better relationship with mortality than most because you make things that live forever. <laughs> Thank you. It's true. <laughs> Thank you. You make art. Yeah. Most yeah. people have to deal with that emotion not not knowing really what it all means at the end because they leave behind loved ones, but they don't have things that still have their name on it, mm. their image, their idea, their mm. thoughts, their emotions. Yeah. That shit is mind-blowing. Yeah, it is when you put it like that, especially because I think we live in such a disposable culture now where it's like, oh, it's a song. Like, when's the next one, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But actually it's like, yeah, no, I my words. My when words you die at 129 <laughs> years old, <laughs> yeah, people are going to go back and listen to this album. Yeah, yeah. That's my mind. It, it, yeah, it does. I wonder on what format. Maybe we'll all we'll be on stem player by then. Who knows? I don't know. <laughs> 
Sorry. <laughs> Please don't make me laugh when I have water in my Sorry. mouth and I'm over a whole bunch of expensive equipment. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most... By the way, hang on. First one. When you die, Charlie, people will listen to this album. I wonder on what format. Yeah, 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 yeah. You mean, who knows? Quite crazy though, isn't it? Quite crazy. Songs will be 15 seconds long by the time I die. No chance. You know why? Because no creative wants to make anything 15 seconds long. Maybe not, though. I don't know. Like, songs, Really? Would you be satisfied? I don't know. My int- The intros to my songs are pretty sick and I'd be this satisfied. Is, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Hang on. This is Charlie XCX's brand new song. Brand new music from Charlie XCX. This is Apple Music One. This is from her incredible new album. This is Lightning. And we're huge fans of Charlie, and it's so great to have her back. This is an incredible song. Oh, it's over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, work. <laughs> it puts me out of a job, right? Because I, mm. I don't get to do intros anymore. No, no. I but ruin I do feel like songs are getting shorter, though, um, which I. Do you actually quite like, to be honest? I I was um, reading about myself on Twitter earlier, <laughs> which is something I really need to we stop do doing. We all do I it. need to stop doing that. We all do it. But um, everyone was kind of like, the songs on this album are so short. And I was like, yeah, it's 2022. I'm like, sorry, when did you ever write seven minute songs? No, ne- exactly, never. I think the longest song I've written is probably in like the four minute mark. Yeah, it's progressive. You know, at a push. Yeah. Um, but I do quite like this short song thing that's happening right now. And I don't really know why it's happening. I just feel like, well, I, I suppose it, it's because of that disposable sort of culture and TikTok, etc. I think it's just permeating like the minds of creative people in a very subconscious way. Like I'm not sure. going to the studio thinking like this song needs to be two minutes. It just it happens yeah. that sometimes they are. But I do think it makes sense for me when I listen back to this album with the theme and the fact that the album is called Crash and the fact that it is supposed to be, you know, a car crash is a very quick experience. Like it's supposed to be fast and dangerous and like over <laughs> in a flash yeah. and I think um, yeah I, I kind of like that that happened quite organically on this album actually. where were you when that uh, idea became a reality when you were the idea of like and what were you feeling when you were like huh I need something that's going to kind of give me a, a direction and let's make it quick and hopefully painless although we all know car crashes can be incredibly enduring painful and torturous yeah but the idea of it being something i guess i guess an explosive ending yeah well i actually the album was going to be called sorry if i hurt you for for quite a long time um i huh. li- i liked that title because that's a sentence that you can say in the past present and future and it still means Oh, such a complicated sentence, though. There's so much wrapped <laughs> yeah, up in those yeah, words. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and sorry so, if I hurt you. Yes, <laughs> I'm sorry. Whereas, really, you're the one who's the most sorry. Mm-hmm. You're the saddest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm really just making it about me. I'm yeah. so sorry. But basically, give me validation and tell me I'm okay, and I can move on with my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that you know that was what it was going to be called. And then I was actually in my bathroom. And I don't know where Crash 
came from. But I think I was just thinking about cars, which I do a lot, actually. A lot of vroom, vroom going on yeah, throughout your life. Yeah, a lot of boom, clap, yeah, a lot of crash, crash. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, I, the word just came into my head. And I was like, why is my album not called Crash? Like, Crash means so much to me in that it's related to vehicles, which, you know, so many of my songs have referenced driving or cars or racing or things like that. It's also onomatopoeic, which things like boom, clap have been. It's also self-referential, which I feel like is such a part of my culture as an artist and my fans' culture as a fan base. It's very, you know, there's a lot of in-jokes within my community and, you know, calling my album Crash when I've (laughs) referenced cars so much, when I've said I crashed my car into a bridge, I don't care, I love it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's very, like, again, cyclical to come back to that sort of reference. It's also, you know... My first album was called True Romance. This album is called Crash. Both of them are movies. Obviously, Crash also from the book. It's sexy, fast, dangerous. And I also really like the idea that I knew with this album because I was like talking a lot about pop music and pop rhetoric. You know, I when I set out to make this album, I wanted to finally, in all the years that I've been signed to a major label, utilize the major label infrastructure in a way that I have never done before. Um, I wanted to explore the idea of what it meant to be a quote-unquote traditional pop artist. Basically let them do their job. But also, I think, let them do their job in a very traditional way at a time where that is not really done anymore because I feel like artists on the front line, like surface level... Everybody is like wanting to be as authentic as possible. Yeah. And you can't really sometimes be like, I mean, you can now, you can because things have changed. But this idea of being like, I'm so real, I'm so authentic. I, I do everything the, myself. I have to subvert the infrastructure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, like the yeah, norm yeah, now. Yeah, That's yeah. the norm. And I, as we know, have always enjoyed pushing against the this norm. is more holy in a strange way because what 100%. You're, you're cre- this is actually a, a creative and artistic um, exercise this is yes. a statement in terms of like hey you know what would be really pop culture would be for me to go back and work with a label in a yeah. very authentic way yes yes because it's so frowned upon now mm. it's so frowned upon for an artist to take a pitch song. Yeah. It's so, so deemed as so uncool <laughs> so and rad. so wrong. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't care if an artist writes their own song or doesn't. Like, I just don't fucking care. If they sell me it in the performance, like, it's your song. No one else can do it. Mm-hmm. But there is that thing now of like, even, you know, artists who don't write sort of like denying that they don't write yeah, because yeah. It, they need to be authentic yeah. to be deemed as quote unquote good, which I just don't see the logic in that. Like I've never, ever seen 
the logic. Because you're a collaborator, though, at your heart. And a lot of people actually like the idea of the result, but they find the idea of collaboration to your point. It uh, is a a direct reflection on their ability. If I give, if I actually tell you who was involved in the song, then unfortunately it takes away from my own sense of self-esteem, my own identity. Right, right. You just don't, you're not that person. Yeah, I'm not that person and I just don't care about it. But anyway, so I, you know, obviously I'm very aware of that culture within the industry of like that need for, you know, authenticity. Yeah. And I already, quite frankly, feel authentic enough. So I am interested in exploring, okay, like finally, after these five records signed to this major label, like what if I actually just like do it the way they wanted me to do it when I was 16 and was like very, very like anti all of that. And that was the done thing then. Now it's not the done thing. It's a, honestly, Zane, it's a head. It's not a head. No, but sometimes I'm like, wait, what? Meta. Ah. But I'm like, now I'm like, okay, so like, let's explore this route. Let's take a pitch song at the point in time where it's just so not the done thing because everybody's so obsessed with like being real. Like, I'm going to like write my record and do my thing, but I'm also going to explore, yeah, you know, like interpolations and being sent songs from a room full of songwriters. And there, to be to be honest, there are only like a few songs on the album that are like that. But going back to the name Crash, that is interesting to me with that name applied to it because that will piss people off. And it has pissed some of my fans off. They're like, we don't care about this. Like, you keep telling us this is like, you know, they're, they're like annoyed by it, which obviously is something that I like to do. And I like the name Crash attached to that because there is this like car crash nature yeah. to that process. Yeah. There's a car crash narrative to the online discourse around doing things like that. And there's also like potential for press to really just like use that headline. Like, <laughs> and the album was a car crash. What a car crash. You know. Crash by name, crash by nature. Here's yeah. the thing though, <laughs> right, that, that I take from that a, a lot of stuff. But one of the things that really jumped out to me was this idea of um, rejection, right? When you're a kid and you're starting out and you're just trying to ma- be heard mm-hmm. and you're making your first records and in your head, you only have your identity. You only have what you invent for yourself, which is like, I'm... I'm going to come, I'm going to crush this. Mm -hmm. I know who I am and I'm going to make, you know. And then you realize that for one reason or another, you don't fit. Mm -hmm. And then you have to force yourself to subvert in your own way, reject, move on. Feel rejection? I'm going to reject all this and define it myself. Mm -hmm. And that's that's just my observation of you as an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forced your way through quality and through innovation and through success to be able to even dabble in that experiment with a label. (laughs) Yeah. If you tried to do it at the beginning, you would have felt something very different, right? Yes. You would have. Yes, definitely. Because I think I that I always, I struggled. I really struggled with that because, you know, I couldn't play the game at the beginning. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't force myself to be molded. I just, I couldn't do it. I, I, it was like every fiber in my body was saying no. I just couldn't. I actually always remember when Lady Gaga first came out with Just Dance. Mm. I remember, and I, I, you know, she's amazing. Like, I, but I always remember thinking, like, this girl is playing the game. Like, she, this is smart. Like, 
I remember when Just Dance came out, I was like, this is a really cool pop song and the video is really weird. But I was like, this is just the beginning. Like, I know this girl is trying to do something more. And she did. Mm -hmm. She made Bad Romance. She made Telephone, Alejandro. Like, she played the game to give herself the platform to be able to do whatever the fuck she wanted on this insane, crazy level. And I always really respected that because I think it's genius. It's genius. Like, she had the vision to, like play that game and I just I couldn't I couldn't do it I couldn't do it because I think I was so scared of rejection and so scared of failure yeah and so scared of what people thought of me that I I did I just don't think I could have ever gotten through that first phase she, she's a unicorn in the same yeah, way that yeah. you're seeing all these documentaries and movies being made now about these tech companies that came out and changed the whole nature of commerce, right? right, right. By over, over, over leveraging and overvaluing to the point that they, but they reached so many people. It didn't matter whether what was profitable and what was in the, what was in the right. blue and what was in the red. It didn't matter, right? right. It didn't matter. By that yeah. point, you're so far down the road. Yeah. What is profit? That's right. kind of how Gaga played it. She was a unicorn. She came in and leveraged herself so high up yeah. and created so much attention and became so famous and so amazing yeah. that by the time she turned her back, on the industry and decided to do whatever she wanted, she's too big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was too big. But with you, it was different. You, your situation, the first time I heard your songs, I was like, these are such gigantic radio smash hit records. Mm. But I felt like there was a fear associated with that with you in the beginning. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think because I always felt like she knew who she was and yeah. I don't think I knew who I was when I was having, you know, commercial success on like a radio, yeah. whatever, global way. Uh, and I think that made me feel inauthentic, which is funny because we were just talking about that. Yeah. Like, but at that time... Um, like an imposter syndrome almost. Yeah, imposter syndrome, but also like, I don't know. I just felt like I hadn't gone through the phases of life to understand hmm. like what my reference points were like what I wanted to wear like you, you just really like basic things that you learn as you grow up in life without music like I felt like when I made my first album True Romance I was on that path because things were you know moving slowly and nicely and I had time and I was discovering new music. I was working with like Ariel Rexhide, who was like pooling me with all of these amazing references and things that I just didn't know. And I was like gradually learning who I was. And then I think when a song like Boom Clap came along, it was this like, and I didn't know. <laughs> I like didn't know who I was then. And at that point in time, I didn't have like maybe all of the right people around me to tell to help me at that time and for a long time you were going so fast like yeah. whenever i'd see you out you'd be working and partying <laughs> and traveling yeah yeah and hustling yeah you were like you were in <laughs> to bring it back to the same analogy you were in startup mode right 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 <laughs> but you know what's interesting though it's like you know you say like oh and you did but i did but i also didn't because like I don't even remember that time. Like, I don't really remember, like, the things that I felt or the things that I did in that time because it was so, like, go, 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 go. I remember the, f the first time I began to, like, 
feel connected to the music that I made and my creative process again was kind of like after that period of time when I made Vroom Vroom and then when I went on to make the two mixtapes like that's when I began to have that feeling that I felt when I was working with Ariel again of like oh okay like I make I I understand who I am in in this space where you know things are on a bit of a smaller scale perhaps I've struggled with the the balance of those things always and I think on this album Crash I've like finally began to like piece the the, the Rubik's Cube together of like making these pop songs but then also sort of diving off the deep end understanding that I can be this like explosive person who can like go and and sort of stand in front of like mass product but then also like be on different parts of the album not that person I don't know if I'm making sense totally making sense but by the way <laughs> it's more of an honest representation of how I hear you right, okay. and see you anyway because I think that one of one of the things that's so amazing that's so amazing about your life because that's what it is this is life mm-hmm. this isn't just albums and record deals and whatever this is your life right I'm, we're talking about your life right now you mm. know and one of the most amazing things about that is the fact that you are this this there's so much so many atoms bouncing off one another yeah. at all times mm. and you haven't figured it out and what blows me away about this album is that for the first time I hear you at least through the music and you said it way more better than I could. It's perfect. Rewind if you're listening or watching to watch Charlie's <laughs> But it's something along the lines of all the pieces of the puzzle now fit together. And I actually see what this picture is. And maybe that's why it's kind of got you into a place of being a little bit down about stuff is because it's like, I finally see where I was mm, headed. Yeah. I see Whoa, the destination yeah. of where I was actually headed. Yes. Yes. Like the, like not that the journey's over, but like there is like a, yeah. there's like an end point it's to an the end chaos. Point. People always talk about making films or doing anything that takes time. That's very all encompassing. And when it comes to an end, you feel a real melancholy, mm. not because you're scared of what's next, but because you were just so immersed in that experience. Yeah. That like, oh what what does it mean now? What does it all mean? <laughs> Wait, like, that's actually like made me really emotional because I, again, like coupled with all the other cyclical things that are happening in my life, like, you know, hitting a milestone age, whatever, sure. like, um, you know, end of a, a album contract, blah, 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 record deal, sorry. Um, and this finality to like understanding my own chaos <laughs> like it's that's, that's perfectly put. really interesting it's just yeah it is it's really interesting and I haven't really thought about it like that and now we have this and never more evident than it in I think because production's beautiful songs are king top to bottom great but your performance on this man like hearing you really just full throat sing <laughs> and not like let that sound carry the melody a little bit with you or hide here or right like nah yeah. I'm gonna sing this sh- you like that yeah that's well, cool like, that's yeah, cool because, because it's <laughs> like it, it shows that you're at a point now where it's like if it really means something to me then I can't hide it I can't hide from it yeah yeah 
I have to, I have to, I have to communicate it in the most honest way I can. Yeah. And yeah. it's so clear on this record. I've never heard you sing like this. Thank you. That's cool. And yeah, I think it goes back to what you were saying about like fear and rejection and things like that. I think I've really had to just embrace the fear on this album. But Charlie, how does a kid, how does a teenager <laughs> who's scared of how they sound, scared of how they're going to be perceived or judged, scared of if they're going to fit in or not, Find yourself here, man. I mean, there are people who have the ultimate self-confidence, think they sing like an angel and feel like the most positive, popular person in school <laughs> who give up after one album. <laughs> and yet you're like X amount of projects down the know. road. It's crazy. I think it's just because it's like, honestly, I don't feel fear when I'm making the music. I've never felt fear when I'm like in that room with three people making the song there's that's that's my happiest place you know I feel anything can happen in that room it could be the worst song ever or something completely amazing or nonsensical it feels so good I don't feel fear then and I think that feeling drives me to continue to create I love it so much like I know some artists who love making music videos and hate recording. And I know some artists who love being on tour and hate music videos. Yeah. And I love being in the studio. Like, yeah. I love it so much. I would do it every day until a point, if I could. Like, you know, if I'm feeling inspired, I, there's nowhere else I would rather be. And so I think that's why it keeps happening. And I think when it comes to, you know, with all artists, I think there is like a, I mean, maybe some people don't care, but, there is like this apprehension of like, how will this body of work be perceived? Most days I'm like, I don't care. Like I genuinely don't. But there is always that like 1% of my brain that wonders. And that's the fear, you know, that's the fear of rejection, the fear of, will somebody misinterpret me? Like blah, 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 blah. Mm. But those fears are, you know, completely manageable when it comes to, you know, if I had to like give up the joy of making it, I I, I couldn't. Like I can deal with the insecurity stuff. and the fear and like whatever. It's overshadowed by the... By the yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? So I think that's why I come back. But with this album, the, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I'd become so um, interlinked with a certain sound, um, which... I adore, uh, but it was like I needed to not just do the same thing again. Yeah, and that was scary. Yeah, that was scary to like challenge myself to do that because I kind of know that if I like just being real and and like I know if I make a song with Ag Cook, my fans are gonna love it. Yeah, the dynamic between us. I love the dynamic between us. Um, I always will. But like we both, AG and I, need to challenge ourselves. And the reason that people like us and the reason that people like PC music and the reason that people like my music is yes, the music's great, but also we're challenging. Yeah, you are. 
we are challenging. You give us something to unlock and figure out. Yeah, you ha- you, you're you not just going to like yeah. get it served up on a plate, which I think is also the interesting thing about this album in that some of the songs are served up on a plate. Yeah, Good Ones is about as close as you're ever going to get to you just outright it's, pressing every button that you've learned how to press. Yeah, it's like, so it's, and you know, when I like take a pitched song and present you a pop campaign, it's like served up on a plate but that in itself from me is the challenge yeah. that's the challenge yeah that's the because if I moment. gave you exactly because if I gave you bleep bleep bloop bloop blah that's not very like challenging for you once you've heard it like on five albums like that doesn't challenge the listener and I think yeah. that's the, the that's the interesting thing about like the narrative around this this album it's very meta if you want to get into it yeah. if you want to like listen to it as a sick album you can do that and you don't need to like go down the rabbit hole because the songs are great and I do give a great performance and you know the videos are hot and the, the whatever you mm-hmm. can like really just be like great record but if you want to like yourself up mm-hmm. you can you can and you can get into like the theory and the blah 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 if you really want to do it you don't have to but if you want to you can and like that's quite interesting to me I will always love working with AG, always. And he's worked on some of his record. And the second I wanted to call the album Crash, I called him. I was like, should I call this album Crash? Like, let's talk about this. I talked with him about so much creative things outside of music, so many creative things outside of music. But I just don't think we could have made this album together. And I don't think he would have wanted to either because we've changed, we've evolved together. You you have to construct according to how it makes you feel in the moment, but how we feel about it is is it's designed to make us feel something. Totally, totally, yeah. And so when I explore that world, it's always in a very like genuine and you know uh, real emotional way. Um, but then I think for me, like there became this expectation. And um, this sort of predictability to, to, to certain things about that sound. And that's when it becomes more soulless, you know, when there's like this expectation of like, Charlie's going to do that. Like, it's going to sound like this. That's, that's why I think me and AG, you know, AG started working a lot more with like guitars and like I've, put my rec- my voice on this record in a kind of different way. And I think because like we're exploring like, you know, as the sound becomes more familiar, we want to explore what's next. That's like the nature of art. That's the na- nature of being a creative person. And for us, I think we need to continue to move and evolve. And that's what a good artist does. And that's why it's challenging. That's why we can't just do the same thing over and over and over and over again. And we are going to work together more and I think people should, will be quite interested in how the sound has evolved because I don't think they'll, I hope that they won't be able to predict it. But that's why I love so much about the, about the way that you've designed this whole world for this album is that it, and to your point, it's just another really challenging exercise. Yeah. It's like, it's not like I'm playing, I'm, I'm playing to, the, you know, the masses or I'm, I'm trying to hit the cheap seats or this is my obvious statement. It's not at all. Mm. It's like you've, you've built a world around the things that young you would have probably rejected or felt rejected by. And you're like, yeah. nah, I can do this. Right, right. I'm going to step into it. You know, um, when we 
lose people who are close to us, it can, it can sometimes in a really clear way where we understand it and other times in a very subliminal subconscious way where we don't understand it until much later on. It can alter our direction a little bit and it can really bring things to the surface that we weren't entirely sure that, that we wanted. Mm. And I wonder whether or not when your friend passed away, when Sophie passed away, whether to some degree, even subconsciously, that reinforced your desire to just go for it. Like, okay, <laughs> I'm just going to go yeah, for it. Yeah, um, it's really interesting. Um, I think that you're right that subconsciously it did because um, the thing that was really interesting about Sophie is like whilst, um, you know, obviously there was this group of artists who were always associated very much with each other. Like, I think, you know, when it comes to like myself, AG, PC Music, Sophie, like, you know, Caroline, like, mm-hmm. like wider world, Kim, Petrus, like growing further and further out. Like there was this sort of bubble of like people who were evolving, who had this like thread together and, you know, online people would sort of like group us all in together and it's so fun because it was like that sometimes you know like people sending each other things and like working collectively and all of this thing um and Sophie was very much part of that I was very much part of that like you know etc Sophie also (laughs) really was very much a believer in everybody being their own individual and I would say Sophie was one of my biggest champions when it came to me doing things on my own, me being a pop star, me being fierce. Like Sophie was always pushing me to do that. Sophie was always pushing me to not record with auto-tune which I think people would find quite interesting but like she was she was always like just sing with your voice like you sound great like let's do this like that like Sophie was just a champion of of people that she believed in and like no matter what you know level you were as an artist if you were like a big artist or if you were her friend who was making music with her in her, you know, studio and no one else had heard any of the songs at all. She believed in those people. She she thought that she thinks people are stars. And when she thinks you're a star, she's not going to let you like do yourself an injustice Diminish by not going yourself. for it. Yeah. So there have been a few times in this album process where I have thought like, oh, what would Sophie think about this? Or what would Sophie tell me to do right now? And the answer always is like, Sophie would just always be like, do your thing, like go for it, push yourself. Like you don't need all this other around you. It's you, it's about you. And she would say that to me. She would say that to many artists that she was working with or people that she was friends with that she believed in. And so, yeah, I think Sophie would have really backed me on it and um that's yeah that's really cool because she obviously was so um she she changed my life you know and um she 
changed all of our lives. Like, not just because of her music, which obviously is, you know, so incredible, but because of the person that she was as a person. Like, she championed us. She has this incredible energy. And when she wants to converse with you or, you know, have a moment with you, it's so special because she's so inspiring and so, you know, I've never met anyone like her and I don't think I ever will. Um, She really is just like, yeah, she can really give you like confidence and power. She can give you power. But Sophie held a lot of power just in the person that she was, let alone the music. I want to say this genuinely, like you have changed the shape of music. And I've said this to you before, but I really mean it. And I'm not alone. There are people out there who feel the same way. He feels the same way. <laughs> I know a lot of people who I talk to about you. Yeah. And you're nowhere near us. And, <laughs> and everyone, because if I choose them, it's very carefully done. I know they get it. They all say the same thing. We all say the same thing. <laughs> that, you know, you have totally affected the shape of music in a, in a, in a positive way. I don't know whether you're going to go independent or major. <laughs> I know you, I know you, I know you enough to know that you, you'll make the right decision no matter which one you choose. Thank you. But um, as it stands right now today, this album is the perfect Charlie XCX album. So we've <laughs> ended where we started. Yeah. And thank you for like saying all the things that you say, because it really means a lot coming from you. And, um, yeah, it's just, I love talking about music with you because you make me think about my own work in a way that sometimes I don't like stop to, you know, think about it. And you, yeah, you, it's it's heavy. You you pull a lot of thoughts out of my brain and I really appreciate oh, I love every that. second of it. <laughs> what a decade though. I know, it's crazy. 10 years, are you kidding me? It's insane. What you've pulled off, and I know it's a little longer than that, but really it's been your decade. I mean, oh, it's thank crazy. You. Thank you. And this album is the perfect latest step. So <laughs> thank you and congratulations. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Charlie XCX. Really was a very deep and very personal and honest conversation. I, I've always really respected Charlie and I was grateful to be a part of that. Check out her brand new album called Crash and everything else she's ever done because all of it is stunning. Thanks again. We're back again next week with another conversation. Take care. <laughs>